Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And today we are talking In the Heights, which I am very, very excited for. Uh, this is probably the show that I have been anticipating more than any other show that we've done thus far. Number one, because it was my return back to the movie theaters. And number two, um, I'm a huge musicals nut. I love uh, musicals. And I think a year of not being able to go to the theater to see musicals makes uh, that, that an even bigger thing um, than it probably would have been previously. And I find it interesting I don't know that it was so much planned this way, but it seems like more so than in previous years, a lot more musicals have been made. And so there's a bunch that are coming out this year. And uh, I don't know if it's that um, folks or these directors are just deciding, you know what, I want to try making a musical or if they feel like things have been heavy more recently and the musicals generally are more entertaining um, but the musical is potentially going to be back after this year, and we're going to see how uh, mainstream audiences receive it. Yeah, I think that this is kind of a really good, I mean, I'd been to the theater already, but for you, this is a great first movie theater experience, and we'll talk about how, what we both think, but I'm assuming you enjoyed it and I enjoyed it, but the details of that we'll get further into. I think that this, uh, it's interesting because um, musicals, I think, seemed like they were a really big deal for early on in the uh, history of filmmaking and like people wanted to see, I think that they talked about, is it the jazz singer as one of the first um, movies that had audio with it and it had music with it and that was a big deal and so like music played a role in movies for a long time and it seemed like probably since probably I don't know it seems like the 80s even that we really haven't seen big time movie musicals um, in the mainstream that are, are year to year happening yes there's one every once in a while that comes out that seems like it's a pretty big deal but um, I mean, In the Heights feels huge compared to some musicals that I've that have come out in recent years. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. It seems like for a while the movie musical was definitely kind of dead, or at least it, they weren't making these movies to appeal to wide audiences. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays. Um, I know that from the early box office results uh, that some folks think that it maybe is underperforming a little bit. Um, but they, there is this, this thought that maybe it, it will have that longevity and it might be the sort of movie that um, families are going to throughout the summer uh, as something that, that is a little bit more uh, family oriented. I wouldn't say that this film necessarily is a family type of movie, but it, it's, uh, it is a clean enough movie. Um, and I think just musicals in general kind of have this, this uh, more family feel, even though that's not always the case. I would say it more so than um, some 
musicals that have kind of hit the mainstream recently. This is uh, sort of family-esque and maybe there's some adult aspects to it, but I would say for the most part, it's pretty family-oriented. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they were trying to kind of compare this to uh, The Greatest Showman and how The Greatest Showman has played a few years back. Um, and how that was a film that uh, it, it didn't necessarily make a ton of money right off the bat, um, but it ended up being a super hit among um, movie going audiences. And I think it had a pretty long uh, run in the theaters. Um, mm. And uh, so that, that could be kind of a, the, the recipe that they are going for and they're more so than trying to necessarily get people to go see it uh, opening weekend being able to um, be a movie that people are talking about throughout the summer. Um, I find it interesting though that uh, Thursday which was the day that I ended up seeing this um, they dropped the trailer for Tick Tick Boom which is going to be directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, and he, he didn't, he had no uh, involvement in, in the making of that musical because it is based on a uh, Broadway uh, musical. And I think I, I don't know all of the details and I, I wasn't um, just based upon the trailer. It doesn't give a ton away. Um, in terms of what this is, but it seems like it might be a little bit of a semi-autobiographical um, take on Jonathan Larson, who wrote uh, Rent. He, he wrote this musical, so I, I, I think that that is who it's, who it's about, um, but I couldn't quite tell based upon the trailer. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for, or at the very least, it's just a kind of loose adaptation of his life in some way. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it looked interesting. Um, it's going to be Lynn Manuel, Manuel Miranda's first directorial day, uh, uh, film. And um, it looks interesting um, in the way that they cut the, the trailer uh, was, was also very interesting. Um, but that's going to be one of the, the big that's coming out on Netflix. And it's going to be one of the big musicals that um, are going to hit people's screens in, in the fall. Have yeah. you seen the trailer for it yet? I saw it because I was before, I'd seen part of it on Twitter and then um, it was before the showing of In the Heights that I saw last night. And I think I'm excited to see Andrew Garfield do this. Uh, he, I didn't know that he really was, had a musical theater uh, skill set, you know? So I'm excited to see that. I mean, I'm not surprised, I guess, in some ways, but um, it would be cool. I know that he had done Broadway or uh, stage plays plays before. Um, and I think is that is I because they also played West Side Story. And so now I can't think is uh, Tony Kushner involved in the West Side Story? I believe he's involved in West Side Story. OK, because I know because yeah. I know um, that uh that Andrew Garfield was on in a stage production of Angels in America, right. which was also written by uh, Tony Kushner. But yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that Tony Kushner was the screenwriter for um, this version of West Side Story. 
that will be coming out. I mean, and it's talking about musicals this year, yeah. that was, I, I, I'd seen the trailer previously, but I felt like seeing it on the big screen before the movie, I kind of was like, oh man, I really like the way this looks. I like these shots. They seem creative. There's a lot of tension there. There's the way they used close-ups in some of those. It felt like there was a lot of tension. And so I was kind of excited after seeing it um, again, even though I'd seen the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is coming out. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be for a while. That was obviously going to be the top musical that was going to be coming out this year. Um, But uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more, I think in our review um, and kind of where uh, in the Heights is situated among all of that. Um, And uh, ultimately how how the two are going to kind of play next to each other. Um, but we, we've talked about on the previous show, Annette. Annette is going to be coming out, um, I think, in August on Amazon Prime. Um, and then Dear Evan Hansen, obviously, that's going to be coming out. Um, there is also a new Cinderella that will be coming out. Um, there is a film called We Need to Talk About. No, that's not. That's We Need to Talk About Kevin. What is it? It's uh, Maybe it is We Need to Talk About Jamie. Um, something about Jamie. I don't. Even, I don't even know the. It's title. based off of a uh, another play. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, but uh, that I think is coming out in the fall as well. Um, so yeah, we're jam packed this year with uh with musical uh, musicals that have been turned into films. Um, and that's that's uh, I think they're also going to start probably doing a, some more um filming of broadway shows like they did with hamilton i know that come from away they're going to do a special um uh, recording of the broadway show for that that they're going to release uh this upcoming september in uh commemoration of the 20th anniversary of Mm 9-11 so i think there seems to be this this uh feeling that they're trying to bring the musical back. Um, and I think that there's, they're, they're going to have to rely upon audiences receiving these films well um, and potentially being the sort of um, movie that people want to go back and see maybe a couple times in the theaters. Um, because I think that that's where you are going to, these movies aren't going to get made if, or continue to get made if people, first of all, don't go see them. Second of all, uh, if they aren't going to be the type of thing that people are going to tell their friends, you need to go and see this. Because that's that's what, they they essentially are kind of set up to be a blockbuster type film, um, but maybe don't quite have those numbers. And that's how blockbusters end up working, is that everybody goes and sees it, and then they go and see it again with their friends. And that's how these movies make so much freaking money. Yeah. And it has to make quite a bit of money. And I think about In the Heights and a movie like West Side Story being probably, a, I mean, In the Heights seemed like it was an expensive production just based on what we saw. And I imagine West Side Story was also a very expensive production. Um, 
Dear Evan Hansen probably is fairly expensive, more expensive than like just a straight up drama probably. And I, I think you have, you have to get people to see it uh, maybe more than once or uh, you have to generate that excitement. A lot of that has to do with the way that they promote it. And I think um, it's hard given the fact that theaters haven't been open. And so there's some, some concern about how hard you push it and the way that you get audiences to feel like it's comfortable and safe to go back. And also because this is one that is available uh, for streaming right now, that plays a role in it as well. And so maybe you could have an audience member who's like, I like, I want to see it in the theater, but I'm not going to go back a second time. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's, that is true. Um, I think that plays a, a pretty big role here that, that, HBO Max does carry this. Um, and Warner Brothers has been pushing this film like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely are uh, marketing this film to be um, hopefully seen by everybody that they possibly can get, get it into their, either the living room or into the, their nearest theater. Um, so they're, they, they believe in this movie and we're going to see if it was a, a, a good, uh, bet and frankly i am crossing my fingers hoping that it ends up being a box office uh, box office success because i want to see these studios make more movies like this Mm -hmm. um i think that might be a good segue for us to take a quick break here and then when we come back we will um talk about in the heights so stick right there Maybe you're right, sonny, calling the coroners. Maybe we're powerless, a corner full of foreigners. Maybe this neighborhood's changing forever. Maybe tonight is our last night together, however. How do you want to face it? Do you want to waste it when the end is so close you can taste it? Y'all could cry with your head in the sand. I'ma fly this flag that I got in my hand. Can we raise our voice tonight? Can we make a little noise tonight? And we are back, and we're going to get into our review of In the Heights. Um, In the Heights is a based on a Broadway successful play written by Lin-Manuel Miranda um, about the Latinx community um, in Washington Heights in New York. And it specifically looks at a young man who runs a bodega and has a dream to uh, eventually move back to the Dominican Republic and kind of take over what his father, who has since passed, had had started down there and kind of revive that. Um, 
but it really kind of brings in the culture of this community in this neighborhood and uh, does so in the format of a musical. And uh, I don't know if listeners can tell, but I really loved this film. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. I had high expectations for it. Um, there was a reason that I chose it as the film that I wanted to see first in the movie theaters in this return back. Um, and so there was a lot that, I mean, it very easily could have fallen on its face and uh, not, not lived up to expectations, um, especially because I, I hadn't really listened to any of the music from In the Heights previously. I've never seen it as a stage production. And so I had nothing to compare it to. Um, and, uh, I, it's not like I had some extra love for, for this, this story going into it. Uh, I probably, the fact that Lyndon well, Miranda, uh, created it and I'm a huge Hamilton fan, I think played into that excitement. Um, but I gotta say this film completely lived up to my expectations. I ended up giving it a nine out of 10 four and a half out of five stars. Um, and I just, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. what do you think, Danny? Um, I, I think that the thing that goes into so much of a movie going experiences, I think are those expectations, you know, and um, sometimes that can ruin a movie going experience or it could make the movie going experience better. Um, I kind of went in with, sort of hesitant expectations. I was slightly afraid of the movie being too corny or cliche. And I was pleasantly surprised that, and there, I still had some of those moments where I was felt I, I didn't buy into it in hundred percent, but I ended up giving it an eight out of 10 stars or four out of five. Um, and we'll get into all the, the nitty gritty of what, makes this uh this movie really an enjoyable experience but i think overall i was just kind of blown away by the vision of it and i think the unfortunately the thing that i i sort of didn't connect with super well was the lyrics and the music i felt like for this being a big musical production, it's it's a musical that doesn't have a lot of music to me personally that I find very memorable or, or catchy. But the thing that makes it still, I think, worthwhile and good is that it's all about telling that story. They've got great characters. They've got uh, some good, um, the, the and when I talk about the vision with uh, the director, John Chu, he is what makes this, entire movie for me I think him and, and the performance from Anthony Ramos I think are what is this whole movie's about because he's able to translate something that I imagine looked very different on stage into a movie that feels like it's totally its own there's still some I think gaps and issues with the way that uh the the story plays out I think sometimes it didn't feel as cohesive felt like a almost you're watching a collection of music videos in some sequences, which I think just that's the nature of the style of movie it was. And so I was kind of willing to forgive that. But 
I thought it was entertaining. It was heartwarming. Um, the performances were really good. The only thing that really, unfortunately, really hold, held me back was I was hearing lyrics that felt to me to be too on the nose, maybe sometimes cliche. And it, it was almost like shockingly, uh, you know, similar to Hamilton that it kind of, I, I felt like, oh, wow, this is, you know, it's, it's clearly Hamilton was a reiteration of some of the stuff that he had already done in, in the Heights. Um, I wanted to know what you kind of thought about the, the comparison between Hamilton and then comment, comment on any of the other stuff that I said. It's very interesting because I think that we uh, had some of the same problems um, in terms of uh, if I had to pick things that I didn't think were as good. Um, I think there are a few songs in the film that are really good. I think that there are some songs that lent well to really great dance numbers mm -hmm. and to showcase uh, some of the actors' voices. Um, but I agree with the fact that this musical isn't anywhere close to being as memorable in terms of the music as Hamilton. And you, you felt like, uh, we kind of talked about this last week with Wes Anderson, that this is Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of uh, in his, like the birth of who he is. And so you felt like in a way, parts of this were the skeleton of Hamilton, um, and some of the songs are very similar. The way that he writes uh, and progresses, some of the songs are similar. Um, it's not on. It's not the quite the same, um, but it, you definitely know that it's Lin Manuel Miranda, um, and that he is. If you didn't know who that is, you'd be like, "Oh, this this is like Hamilton." Mm -hmm. um, so I I definitely get that, um, and to an extent. Uh, yeah, I think that there is somewhat this incohesive uh, connection between some of the songs. Um, but the thing about this musical, I think, is that it is really just about giving audiences a piece of this community and this culture and you kind of dip in and you get uh, to learn a little bit, little, little bit about these people. And then you move over here and learn a little bit more about these people. And um, I, I imagine for folks that haven't been represented on this massive of a scale that these songs uh, kind of give them a little bit of a look into their own lives um, and maybe we don't connect with it as much because it isn't as representative of the culture that we know. Um, and from what I've kind of seen, it seems like that specifically some of the uh, Latino and Latina uh, critics, film critics, they really were appreciative of this film um, because of the way that, that the, the musical represents them. Um, and I think that does play a lot into the way that John M. Chu decided to tell this story. Mm -hmm. um, and just from the opening number, the opening number, the way that that was put together 
Like I think a lot of times when a movie is made that there is some thought into the way it's going to be edited, but a lot of that is taken care of after the movie has been shot and then they can mess around with the editing for this film. They had to know how they were going to edit certain things um, specifically in that first number before they even shot the film Um, because it, it relied so heavily on excellent editing in a vision um that that allowed it to be successful in the Mm -hmm. way that it was and i think that 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 opening the opening song um really draws you in and even though the song itself isn't overly memorable um the way it is portrayed on the screen and the glimpse that we get into washington heights here Um, I didn't even really care. I almost saw it more. um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't bother me so much that the songs weren't as memorable um, as a lot of other musicals. Like I, I would imagine that a lot of the other musicals that will come out this year will probably have more memorable songs, more memorable soundtracks. And that's kind of the meat of what this is about. But I think In the Heights is really a story about uh, a, well, it's about gentrification and uh, a culture that is often kind of squashed out in, in the grand view of what it is to be American. Mm, Yeah. I, I agree with you that that first scene in the movie it, it, it st- establishes the tone really well and you get a vibe for what the type of movie it is. And I almost, I, I, I feel like we talked about this maybe with something else. Maybe it was when we talked about uh, Mitchell's versus the machines, but I feel like we're at a point where internet culture has existed long enough. Um, and people have been making YouTube videos in a, in a more than just kind of a, home video way there's an art to it that I feel like we're starting to see how that is playing a role in the films we see and like we're filmmakers are stealing some of those techniques of editing and setting up shot shots and like in that first sequence in the way that they he and his cousin the main character Usnavi and and Sonny uh, his cousin are are you know interacting with one each other with each other and the way they play off of each other and the way they look at the camera too and how how Usnavi is speaking directly to us as an audience often because he's he's the narrator of the story I mean it felt to me like it felt to me and maybe we talked about it with with Bo Burnham's uh, uh, special which I haven't seen yet but and how he is also you know using that kind of YouTube uh, platform almost in the way that he, in the style of, of those videos to make something that is maybe a little bit of a higher form. And so I think that's a really cool aspect of the movie. And obviously that doesn't, he, he does change it up quite a bit throughout the movie. And that's why I, th- I think that it does sometimes feel like there's, oh, we're, this, this sequence feels like this type of music video. And then this sequence feels like this type of music video. So there's kind of a disconnect there, but um, I don't, I, like I said, I don't think that's a huge problem. The other thing that I was going to say, and I don't know if it's totally fair of me to say, but I feel like because this is a musical where I agree with you that, that, that I can kind of forgive that the music isn't fantastic because 
you're so invested in the characters. You're so invested in the story. But I feel like this, because it is, it doesn't have fantastic music, in my opinion, is probably one that I would enjoy less as a stage musical. I would, enjoy, I would enjoy seeing it less. I probably think in the way that it was presented to me in this film, I was really able to buy in because you got an intimate look at their lives and it felt, you know, like even, even when he's telling the story from, cause it starts with Anthony Ramos's perspective as Usnavi, but then he kind of blends into what those other characters, how they look at the world and like, the way that, that that all of that was shot, it felt so intimate that like the music was just kind of a medium through which they were just trying to tell the story and which is what good musicals should do. Right. But I, I just, I think overall wished that I had a little bit more of a hook with the music. I think that you're right to say that the, the choreography played a huge role in this incredible movie. choreography. Yeah. That, that, that to me, um, the the giant ensemble dance numbers, uh, both in that opening song and the uh, pool sequence, ninety six thousand um, song yep. was, I think, one that stood out to me a lot. And part of what made that really cool was, like you said, when they he had such a clear vision. The sequence when they are, you know, the four guys walking down the street and they're kind of talking about it and they have all of those interactions with each other. They kind of do the animation on top of their um, interactions. And like, you know, maybe they weren't thinking of doing that, but that had to have been part of the vision going into it. And I think that added uh, a sense of interaction, interactivity with the film and then also just humor as well. And, um, and then, because all of that has to be choreographed, but then the actual pool sequence of that song was kind of mind blowing in some ways. It, it so really many, was. So many shots that you had to set up. And that's what I mean by this being probably a hugely expensive production because oh, yeah. they just had so many, and they had so many actors that they were uh, paying to be in this movie too. And so it just, I, I was kind of blown away by that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, they This was a high-budget film, and I, I heard an uh, interview with Lin-Manuel Miranda where he was saying that a lot of, uh, specifically for um, movies that are made by um, a Latinx uh, filmmaker, which John Chu is not, um, which is kind of an interesting thing because I, I feel like he really did a good job of capturing um, kind of culture and in and trying to shine a light on that um but one of the things that Lin-Manuel Miranda said was that John Chu was like if we're gonna do this we're gonna go big like this isn't gonna be some indie uh some indie musical that we're making no we're gonna spend a lot of money we're going to make this into a giant production um and yeah John Chu is kind of the his uh, touch of this film you can see it throughout the entire thing and I think the fact that I had seen Crazy Rich Asians previous to this and kind of getting an idea of how he makes films you saw that 
he uses some of the same things in this film. Um, and it really, really worked. I didn't know if it was going to be a great translation. You always wonder when somebody's never made a musical before, if they're able to capture um, things in the same way, because it's different. It is much different to film a musical and to set up a musical and to have a vision for that than for a, any other type of film, because there is this um, suspend suspension of reality. Um, and, and just the way that you are going to capture the songs, uh, it matters. And I think we talked about this, um, maybe on one of the other shows that for musicals, a lot of times they don't translate overly well because, uh, the way that we set up musicals, there is this, idea that it's supposed to be more grounded in a real world. Whereas when it's performed on a stage, when you go to a theater, it's fake. Everything seems fake. And so I feel like it translates a little bit better on the stage. that disbelief with right. a play. Um, it's harder to do that with a movie. Yeah. In, but in this film, it wasn't a problem at all. Like you immediately, they set the tone right away that this isn't a, necessarily real world between like that breaking of the fourth wall between um there's a sequence where his his foot gets stuck on gum and then yeah. he spins the manhole like that setting up that at the very beginning that this isn't going to be grounded in necessarily a a hundred percent real world yeah a lot of it is real but we're able to switch back and forth between reality and uh, kind of what is magical about this, the musical um, with, with great ease and that it just is not a problem at all. One thing that I wanted to say about that, and I think it's a, it's actually one of the really impressive and interesting aspects of the movie is that, way that the movie feels magical and real at the same time and the best example i can give for that and i apologize if this is a spoiler but it's the sequence where um benny and nina are dancing on the the side of the the yes. building so it, the perspective changes but there's this moment where they're dancing and they're dancing over a window and there's a boy that's eating dinner in the window and he looks out and he can see them. And so it's almost like you, you as an audience member, like, oh, this is just a creative, cool way to show it. But then when you see the boy's reaction, it's like, oh, is this really happening? And so it kind of plays with your perspective of, you know, what is real, what is not, and the magic of it. And it, it, it actually just makes you more convinced that the magic of this neighborhood is real, you know? And I think yep. that's a cool element to it. And I think that's purposeful, you know? Um, it's interesting. I would heard, I knew that I'd seen something that John M. Chu, I mean, like I, I, I knew that I had to have known him for something, but I forgot that it was Crazy Rich Asians. And I think um, the, the thing that stands out to me is his ability to um, play with interesting family dynamics within the story and create that intimacy and which is just a really good storytelling thing. But then aesthetically, he's really, I, I was impressed and maybe he just worked with the same people, 
with how he set up the visual production, like the set production of his movie. I thought that was uh, well done in both. And they're very different in, because Crazy Rich Agents is more grounded in reality, of course. Um, but there is kind of a, 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 a centric quality to the movie in some ways. Um, this was kind of turned up to 11 in some of the, that. But I thought, and I was going to ask you, was this shot, do you think this was mostly shot on sets or... I don't know how uh, from, from what I from what I have heard, it was mostly shot in Washington Heights on location. And I, I presume that maybe like the bodega is a set yes, um, because of the way that the cinematography I thought was fantastic um, because they really were able to use that space. Well, I thought there were some really interesting shots, but in particular, I really liked the way that um, they they filmed the scenes within the bodega. Uh, and we're able to kind of move around and you still got the sense that it it's small, but uh, it allowed the action to take place um, and it, it wasn't a problem. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, everything was shot in Washington Heights. Um, and I think that's really cool too for a lot of the folks that live there to get to see that on screen and be and look beautiful in a way that it wasn't like it was trying to make it be unrealistic for what it looks like. Like that looks like a city, uh, a real city where that isn't, isn't somehow polished up to be something that it is not. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, Chu really captures the beauty of it and uh, allows a lot of colors to pop. And I think the way that they, they put the characters in costumes helped with that a lot, but they did some cool things with the light. And um, yeah, uh, comparing it to Crazy Rich Asians, the thing about Crazy Rich Asians is that he had the ability to have these very, very wealthy uh folks homes and mm -hmm. so like everything was gigantic there mm -hmm. um but then when you bring it to washington heights where most of these people are just trying to figure out how they're gonna get by uh you have this contrast but i don't think you lose any of that um just how kind of big he's making this area look mm -hmm. yeah um I agree with everything that you said. And uh, one thing that I think we should probably talk about is uh, the performances. And yep. this movie. Uh, what, what did you think overall of the performances and were there any that stood out to you? Overall, I thought it was great. And um, I think the, my, my biggest takeaway from this is that you do not need to cast big name actors to play these parts um, cause they all did a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they all could sing well. <laughs> um, and they all, they all had really, really great performances. I didn't think there was really a weak point in, mm -hmm. as far as the, the main cast, um, in the bunch. And I really, really enjoyed the entire experience. I, I agree. I don't think there was a single weak performance in the movie. I think, um, 
there there was a degree to which it, some of it felt stagey, which is I think maybe stage acting. I mean, kind of, and maybe big a little bigger than than life, but. Uh, there's two performances that I wanted to highlight real quick. And one of them is Anthony Ramos. Uh, I, I just thought, man, he was charming and charismatic in this movie. And I was like, dang, I really, really think that he should be in more stuff that I want to see him do stuff outside of the music, musical theater genre. I think that would be super cool to see him be like, you know, uh, uh, in some maybe, dramatic comedy or something like that or he just there was something about him that really uh stuck with me in the, the movie and then the actress olga Meredes, um she is playing plays uh claudia the abuela and she played um, her on broadway too and i i thought she had a really great performance and i you know even though again the music wasn't super memorable her song the main song that she sings in the 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 musical I thought was really powerful because of her performance um and so those are two that that really stuck with me I think that she has a really great shot at getting nominated for best supporting actress for this role Mm -hmm. um because it's just it is a very powerful performance um the character is rich in terms of the impact on the entirety of the musical. Mm -hmm. And um, even though that, that song is kind of like her real time to shine Mm -hmm. um, it, I kind of compare it a little bit to in Les Mis um, with uh, Anne Hathaway, where she had her one big time song um, Mm -hmm. that, and that won her an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not saying that, that, uh, we're going to have the same thing happen here, but I think that she has a really good shot at getting nominated for this performance. And she was, she was quite excellent. Yeah. Um, Anthony Ramos. Yeah. He, I think is a, uh, a star in the making. Um, I think that he has the ability to do both drama and comedy. You can see the emotion in his face. Like, you know how he is feeling. And uh, I think some of that also you have to give credit to the way that the film was shot um, mm-hmm. in that we got a ton of close-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's something that you don't get with the stage production of these musicals is right. that you don't get to see uh, the emotion that these characters are feeling. And this film did a great job of, even though there was a huge ensemble um, and at times they allowed us to see the full extent of that. Uh, they weren't worried about bringing us in close. And uh, I think because they did had so much editing in this film, it allowed them to do that in a way that really, really worked and really show off just how good these performances are. Um, that it, it goes beyond uh, their delivery of lines. It goes beyond... Um, the the I don't know just the, like they it, it, it allows us to get more from them than uh, you would maybe see if it was more shot outward and we, we saw it more as a stage type production yeah. Um, but yeah Anthony Ramos I think certainly uh, he 
he without a doubt was the star and um they it was perfectly cast in my opinion i agree um you had mentioned uh talk of the the actress playing who played uh claudia getting nominated do you suspect this movie will get nominated for anything else and if so what well, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and I think that is a conversation that I want to have here. Um, Warner Brothers, they're going to have to continue to push this. And this is going to be a really long campaign. I understand why they released it now, because it wouldn't make sense to release it in the fall. It is very much a summer movie and it deserves to be seen as a summer movie. Um, and it's a sort of, honestly, it is the sort of movie that, uh, I could see myself wanting to watch every summer just kind of because it has that feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, that, that though really, really works against a film as it is trying to uh, gain traction in award season. And um, it's going to take a fantastic campaign on uh, Warner Brothers part to get it done. And they're going to probably have to do some things that they haven't ever had to do for, to push a film before in order to get it there. Um, the one thing that is working against it is that uh, West side story is a musical set in New York. Um, mm-hmm. That is about a Latinx community and it is made by a much more Oscar-friendly Oscar director. And um, there's kind of that familiarity that comes with that. Um, the music is better. Uh, although I think in the current year that we are in, the messaging of In the Heights is more impactful. Mm. It has more to say about what it's like living as a Latino or Latina in uh, the United States of America right now. Um, and so maybe that, that is something that, that uh, really resonates. Um, from a critical standpoint, it's getting fantastic reviews, which will carry it quite a ways because uh, a lot of the precursors that lead up to award season are given out by critics and critics don't care when a movie comes out, they're going to push a movie uh, that they think is the best. Um, I just, I, I, I think there is a possibility both get in and they both get nominated for a lot of Oscars, both West side story and uh, in, in the Heights, but I am not going to bet on it. Um, I don't know if there's going to be room for that. Uh, and, and, but I think it also hurts. And this makes me so mad that the Golden Globes messed up in the first year that they like decide we're not going to have a Golden Globe ceremony is the year where finally you would have had the comedy musical category that would have been chock full of fantastic performances. You could have had five nominees in that category for best picture that are all worthy of being a best picture type movie. Um, and we're getting the, these performers are getting robbed of that. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Like I, it was definitely there needed to, 
they needed to come down hard on the Hollywood Forum Press because they aren't making the changes necessary. But the irony is not lost on me that the year that they do that, they potentially are going to rob minority minority actors from getting the limelight that they deserve. And I think almost certainly if the Golden Globes happened this year, that Anthony Ramos would be the favorite to win best actor in a comedy or musical. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a shot to be get nominated in uh, the category for best actor at the Oscars. But this year's there's a ton of movies coming out in more than any other year. It's going to be harder to get in and it all is going to come down to positioning and campaigning and whether or not Warner brothers wants to push this, or if they're going to see that say Dune may end up being a better push for them um, in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, and it's cause it's, it's coming out in a more, uh, and during a time period where movies do better uh, in award season. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, this could end up just being an unfortunate situation because of the fact that it came out now rather than in the fall. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see, and I guess it, for me, it will just depend on, you know, I have a lot of movies that I'm excited to see just based on expectations and then how well those actually end up performing. But I would say right now, and again, uh, there's a lot of good movies gonna, that are going to come out, but I would say right now, this is the movie that I am most impressed with in terms of a directing standpoint that came out this year. Um, I could, and it's not, a, it's a documentary. I could make an argument that I was, that uh, the, Summer of Soul is also a, a movie I'm really impressed with from a directorial standpoint, but uh, uh, this is a this is up there right now with a one of my one of my favorites of, of the year right now. I don't think I've so far given any movie that I've seen in 2021 a nine out of ten yet. I don't think that's been the case. So um, I only gave one other movie a nine out of 10 and that was jockey. And I would rank this movie ahead of jockey. So at the moment <laughs> in the Heights is the leader in the clubhouse um, for me. And uh, we're going to see, I, I, I imagine that I will, it, this will probably, probably be a top 10 movie for me by the end of the year, giving it a nine. I'd be very impressed if there were 10 other movies that I gave a nine this year. A lot uh, of movies are going to come out though. But, but yeah, I mean, the crazier things could happen. Um, but yeah, I think that this is, this is going to be up there. Um, it's, it's a beautiful film. I think it should be seen on the big screen. Uh, don't not see it because you don't want to go to the theaters. If you have the opportunity to watch it on HBO max, but you're not quite ready to go to the movie theaters to see it. Go ahead and watch it on HBO Max. But if there is any movie, probably the rest of the summer, that I think you definitely should see on the big screen from a standpoint of it being quality, high quality, and it just is made to be seen on the big screen, it is in the heights. Um, so I highly recommend it. I think everyone should go see it. Um, and maybe if you're not a huge musical fan, 
um, you'll find something about it that you enjoy. I think there is enough there that it can really draw in a lot of different audiences. And um, I, I'm really excited to see kind of how it continues to play out as the year goes on. Um, it's just exciting to have this caliber of a movie released this early in the year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would just second, I think that, even if you're not a musical theater person, I think there's something maybe to enjoy about this movie. And so it's worth checking out. Um, and the performances in the direction are fantastic. So I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. So when we come back from this break, we are going to be counting down our top five favorite movie musicals. And uh, I, hopefully there'll be one on there that, that you like as well. All right, so when we come back from this break, uh, we will be talking about movie musicals. If I won the lotto tomorrow, well, I know I wouldn't bother going on no spending spree. I pick a business school and pay the entrance fee. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll stay friends with me. I'll be a businessman richer than Nina's daddy. Tiger Woods and I on the links, and he's my caddy. My money's making money. I'm going from po to modo. Keep the bling. I want the brass ring like Proto. Mr. Braggadocio, next thing you know, you lying like Pinocchio. Oh, yo, if you scared of the bulls, stay out the rodeo. Oh, I got more flows than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, you better stop rapping, you not ready. It's gonna get hot and heavier, you already sweat. Yo, 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 I'm sorry, was that an answer? Shut up, go home and pull your damn pants up. As for you, Mr. Frodo of the Shire, what? 96 G's ain't enough to retire. Come on, I have enough to knock your ass off his axis. You'll have a knapsack full of jack after taxi. And we are back. We're going to be counting down our top five favorite movie musicals. Um, this was a very challenging uh, experience for me because... I kind of had this pull between uh, what I thought was a great cinematic experience versus what uh, musicals I just personally like because of the music. Um, and, and so I, I think I ultimately, the movies that I chose are more representative of the cinematic part of this. Um, and less on uh, what I just would claim to be some of my all-time favorite musicals. Um, so there's a lot that I ended up leaving off uh, that uh, I, I probably would have liked to include. And I moved some things around throughout the week um, just because I kind of had a change of heart. And may maybe I would change it up again tomorrow if I uh, ended up... Um, trying to make a list again tomorrow. But uh, as of today, these are my top five. Um, and I am going to let you start, Danny. Okay. Um, I, I think that this is something that could, like you said, I this is my list today, but it could be totally different a week from today, just based on how I'm feeling. And I think most of it's based on just personal opinion of what I really enjoyed, what I remember growing up with, what I felt like had a big impact on me. Um, and so I, I wanted to quickly mention a couple honorable mentions for me. Um, I thought about singing in the rain because I felt like that was such a classic music musical. Um, and even though it's not really musical in the 
sense that we think about it, oftentimes it's kind of lumped into that category because of the role that music plays and um, kind of a classic there. And then, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou was also another one that I thought about because of just, first of all, I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. And I, I think that that has a lot of great music in it. Um, the one that I ended up going with for my number five pick is 2007's Once, which is directed by John Carney. Um, I really, really like the music to this. And so that's a huge reason why I picked it. But I also love the, um, just the, the, the sense of just kind of slice of life type of story that it tells um even though the aspirations there are big it's not telling some big you know romantic story by any means it's uh a movie about two people that have uh a relationship that is um kind of hard to define in some ways i think but uh they have this common love of music and um the kind of magic of of seeing the the way that their music i think what makes the movie good is you get to see how much they take such uh joy out of creating music with each other and and the scene that i think about is uh the scene in the guitar piano store where they play falling slowly and like it is, it's even though their relationship is kind of some somewhat romantic, but also not really, you know, they kind of fall in love with each other as, as musicians in that scene. And that's a really cool moment. And I love that this movie also kind of has an ambiguity to the ending that isn't so neat and tidy. Um, you feel like, oh, I just got to see a slice of these people's life and they're going to be doing things later on that I'll never get to see, but I can kind of imagine that. Um, Glenn Hansard, who is primarily a musician and wrote the music for this, um, is actually a really good actor too, I think. And, uh, you know, is charismatic and funny and, uh, but has, a, has definitely chops as a, I think a dramatic actor. And it's funny because I think that when he just performs alone as it, it just any, if you just look up a concert of his, you know, like he just has kind of a, a, a dramatic quality to the way he sings and he's definitely a performer. Um, what did you think of, of once? Um, I, I really thought about including this on my list. It did not make my top five. Um, but the writing in Once is fantastic. I think it, as you said, it kind of has, it's, it's a little bit of a subtle love story, um, but it, it's different than your typical love story. Um, and there's this more realistic uh, aspect to it. That, that makes it far more intriguing than your typical Hollywood romance. Um, and so the screenplay and the music, the music is fantastic and it has a great, great soundtrack. And um, part of the reason that it, it ended up becoming a Broadway musical. Um, but uh, the, the screenplay I think is fantastic. The main reason in the performances are really good too, but I think the main reason I did not include it is it's a little bit of, too raw um, in terms of filmmaking 
Um, and John Carney, you, you can like, they, he does some very interesting things here. Um, but, uh, it, it didn't quite have the full cinematic experience that allowed me to include this in my top five. Um, but I definitely considered it because it is fantastic. Um, and it is unique and, um, and yeah, I really, really loved once. Uh, and I thought it was a, a great musical, uh, first time I saw it and I continue to, to love it. And every once in a while, I'll still throw on that soundtrack. Yeah. I agree. Um, my number five film. Um, it's kind of interesting because I, I think we talked, we talked about the idea that, uh, the musical has been kind of dead the movie musical has been kind of dead for the last so many years, but um, a lot of the films that I chose happen to actually be a 21st century musical. And I think um, this is where that cinematic part of things play in. Uh, we, we take a look at a lot of the old classic musicals and um, at times they're a little messy uh, and that the, uh, they were accepted at the time for being great. Um, but in terms of the way that movies are done, uh, they don't always they don't always quite fit in, in that that realm. So the way that I approached this list, it, it definitely benefited some of these musicals that have come out in the last um, 20, 20, 30 years. Um, so my number five film is 2012's Les Miserables uh, by Tom Hooper. And uh, I I. This was kind of on the fringe because uh, it is a star-studded cast where had they cast uh, real Broadway-type actors that have both the acting and singing chops, I think this movie would have been better. But because of the way that it is made, um, it, it has this rawness to the performances not to the way the movie is made but to the performances that create some vulnerability in these characters where you are willing to forgive that they may not be the best singer um, because you feel the emotion in the way that they are performing these songs um, but one of the things that uh, I think in the heights did well was it had these up close shots well, Les Mis does that very, very, very well. Um, that's part of why this movie is so special um, is because it's really an intimate film um, where you feel what these songs are talking about because you get to see it not only in the, in the lyrics, but also in the way that these characters are representing what these songs mean. And uh, the Les Miserables is one of the most emotional musicals ever. Um, and so it was very important for this to be portrayed on screen. And um, I thought Tom Hooper did an excellent job with this film. Um, and the aesthetic of, of the movie is fantastic. Uh, from cinematography to art direction to costuming, it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Um, I think the only thing it has going against it is the fact that they did cast a bunch of stars that maybe aren't um, 
the best when it comes to singing. And that holds it back a little bit, but not enough for me to uh, keep that out of my top five. So I have Les Miserables at number five. What do you think about that? I agree with pretty much everything you said. If I was making this list more on uh, the cinematic aspect of, of, of musical movies, I would probably have included this. I think that this production, uh, the thing that I'll only add that you didn't say, I think is the, the sets of this movie add to that kind of grounded reality of the, the movie and um, it being kind of a painful story. And just, uh, I think, you know, that, that adds a sense of grittiness and the coloring of the film is really impressive too, I'd say. Um, but I agree. I, 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 but I didn't include it on my list. Um, so my um, number four, and I'm wondering if this is going to surprise you, it might be totally what you expect or not, but um, is from 2005 and it is James Mangold's Walk the Line. Um, I, the reason why I ended up picking this movie is one, it's a movie that I, I, I watched part of when I was younger and then I watched it later um, as I got older, but the story of Johnny Cash was one that I didn't really know and this movie introduced me to him. And we talked about how, um, you know, these biopics can sometimes feel formulaic. And I would say that to some degree, this falls into that. Uh, but I, I like the way that the story is presented. Uh, it is somewhat melodramatic in some ways, but I, I think the performances are strong. Uh, it, I'm a huge fan of Joaquin Phoenix and probably one of my favorite actors. And this is probably one of his most mainstream performances in movies he's done. And it's also, I think one of, and I don't think it's the best, but I think it's one of his best performances at the same time. Um, I, I love that we get to see Joaquin Phoenix sing in this movie. <laughs> that for me just is a, a fun aspect. And because Johnny Cash is great music and it's music that I think can reflect who he is as an individual, it works really well as a movie musical. And so the way that they use music to represent certain stages of his life, I think is effective. I think about Ring of Fire being such a like, that sequence in the movie of representing that time period where he is dealing with drug addiction is I think really, um, really impressive. And on a side note, the thing that for me actually makes this movie that much better is the uh, parody Walk Hard. Uh, it, I feel like it, it allows me to enjoy Walk the Line almost that much more. I did include Walk Card on this list, but there was part of me that really wanted to. <laughs> I, I actually considered putting Walk Hard on my list as well. Um, yeah. I did not. I, I, I didn't even think about Walk the Line, which is funny. Uh, but Walk the Walk Hard, I almost put on this list. It's it's one of my uh, honorable mentions. Um, simply because it, it is the perfect parody of, of a uh, biopic, music biopic film. Um, I, I, I really liked Walk the Line. Um, it's been a while since I have seen it, but I thought Joaquin Phoenix was great. Anytime that you have an actor that also sings uh, that, uh, and does it in a convincing sort of way, 
that's impressive to me. Um, and so I, I think that it's a very worthy inclusion here. Um, the, I, I almost included the biopic rocket man on my list, um, which is also a biopic, uh, that is based upon a musician, but has more of a theatrical feel to it. Um, and I think that's the reason that I included that. Uh, there are enough bad biopic type movies um, and Bohemian Rhapsody had its some of its strengths. It was if you're a fan of Queen, it was fun. Um, but uh, when you have a movie like Bohemian Rhapsody compared to a movie like Walk the Line or Rocket Man, where it's far more um, interesting and creative, uh it, it really kind of, I don't know. I, it, the, those movies I think are in a different league than some of the other uh, biopic musician type films. And it's something that they continue to do. And we got respect coming out this year, which is going to be another one of those types of types of films. Um, and so I think that they definitely have a place in kind of the talk of the movie musical. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that that was a good inclusion on your list. Um, my number four film is 2003 School of Rock. Um, and I included this because, first of all, the music is fantastic. It's a very, very enjoyable film. Um, it was so enjoyable that they decided to make this into a Broadway musical as well. Um, and so it translates very, very well. It definitely has kind of that musical feel to it. Um, and I think, honestly, School of Rock is probably one of the movies that I have seen more than almost any other movie, uh, with maybe the exception of like Ocean's Eleven or something like that. Um, but it's just such a fun, easy to watch movie that is very well made. Um, it's not going to be your Oscar Beatty type of movie, um, but Richard Linklater is a quality director and he knows how to make really good films. Um, and he makes a variety of films that sometimes I think it waters down kind of his prestige, but it doesn't mean that those uh, more entertaining, fun type films are any less well-crafted. Uh, he put together a fantastic cast for this film. Um, and yeah, some of the ways that the, I, I think about the opening sequence in that film is beautifully shot. Mm. Uh, it, it uses some great camera angles and really kind of sets the tone for, for how that, that film plays out. Um, and I kept thinking I was going to leave this off my list, but I love this film so much that I had to include it here at number four. I think that you're right though, that it's, it's got like, I don't know. I don't think any moment is wasted in school of rock. It is either entertaining in every moment. It's creating tension in every moment. It's, uh, giving you characterization through visuals in every moment. It's, it doesn't feel like there's very much fluff to the, the movie. And even, even the funny sequences or the entertaining sequences, I think 
are scenes that are also adding tension. A lot of the, I think, comedy or, and it's not just, I wouldn't even say, it's hard to categorize what type of movie it is, but I, I don't, I think some of the comedy that is in the movie comes from the juxtaposition of a person like Jack Black's character being a school teacher, you know, and uh, it, it isn't, it isn't forcing jokes. It's not doing those things. It's just seeing, you know, this person that is not meant to be in this position in this position. So uh, it, I think that it's a really well, and I, I probably could have included it on my list maybe on any other day, it might be on there, but it's not on there today. Um, my uh, number three pick is from 1971. So we're going back a little bit. And this is actually, if I'm going to turn in terms of just like my favorite musical in terms of just straight up music and what I think that musical it says, it is Fiddler on the Roof. And so this is 1971 Fiddler on the Roof directed by Norman Jewison. Um, and even though this movie's corny, it's so corny and cheesy to watch. And it's got that 1970s, 60s vibe to it. I respect that it didn't do what I think a lot of other musicals had previously done, which is, oh, we've got a big musical number here that involves ensemble. Let's get them all in the same shot and have them dancing and interacting and treat it like it would be on stage. And it doesn't do that. It is, and, and again, I'm not, I haven't watched a lot of musicals, but it, it, of the musicals that I've, I've watched, I've seen a lot of musicals more than most people, but of the ones that I know, this one is the, the first one to me that is showing ensemble songs that aren't being necessarily sung visibly in the frame. You hear it but they're showing you that visual along with it. And so it, it feels more grounded in that way. And I also love the sequences with uh, Tevye. Anytime that he's, he's presented with that question from one of his daughters about asking for permission and it freezes. And then he kind of is distanced from it. And the, the, the visual uh, way that they show him in his own head, thinking through that process, I thought was really effective and cool. Um, and it feels it feels creative and, and fun. And again, this is a musical that I think it, in terms of what I want in a musical, has great uh, music. It has a compelling story. It has interesting characters. It gives us a sense of uh, a, a story that we haven't really seen before um and so that's why it's probably my favorite musical but then in terms of movie musicals i think it's my number three um i think that's a good choice i don't love the musical as much as you do um but uh you're right in that the way that it is presented um i think it it kind of changed the way that musicals could be done in in the movies uh, cause like you said, kind of up to that point, there's still this temptation to present musicals as if they are kind of a stage musical, but being portrayed in a real world. And it just doesn't, it, it, it's corny in that way. Um, but yeah, the, this, this film, I think it presents itself in a, a way that, 
um, makes it more than just a stage presentation. And I think Normanson or Norman Jewison, uh, that's right, right? Norman Jewison. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that he continued to do that with Jesus Christ Superstar in 1973, which I had also, I thought about including on my list, but did not um, because it's my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite musicals of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, and uh, that even that movie still has more of that ensemble feel, um, but it, it still portrays it more in a way that it, it says this world can be bigger than kind of in this enclosed box. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't think, I think, I think from a cinematic, a cinematic standpoint that Fiddler on the Roof is probably a better film. Um, and yeah, just the way that that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number three movie is 2002's Chicago. Um, and Chicago is not my favorite musical. Um, in fact, I only probably like a handful of the songs in the movie. Um, but it is a very creative approach to doing a musical. And it is because they, they kind of built this in, in a way it kind of has that, that same feel of in the Heights where every song is almost like a different music video. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is no interest in making this movie, um, extremely grounded in a a realistic world. Um, and it, it almost at times feels as if it is a stage production, but because of the way that they, um, film these scenes i think it works um and it'd been when this movie won best picture it, it had been a very long time since the academy had really had anything remotely close to this um that was being nominated um and so rob marshall i thought he did a fantastic job with this film. Um, even though they took big stars and cast them in these rules, I think they all did an all right job. And I think part of the reason that it works is because the songs aren't necessarily the most challenging to sing um, compared to other musicals. Like you think Les Miserables, probably one of the most difficult <laughs> musicals to sing for an actor. Um, but in, in this film, yeah, you get, uh, good performances from the leads that uh, they they all kind of hold their own, um, and it, it I think it's just a very very creative project, and um, I I really enjoyed it despite not necessarily loving the music. I I've never actually seen Chicago, so I can't say too much about it. Um, I know that. Uh, it is, is, is that the one with uh, John C. Riley in it? Has Mr. Yep. Self in it? Yep. It's the only song I know. It's the only song I know from. <laughs> so I like that. Song. Yeah, that, that is a good song. Um, and that's probably one of the more like, to me, that, that feels like one of the more like musical type songs um, in, in the movie. But yeah, I would highly recommend watching it just because it's, it is fantastic in the way that it is crafted um and it's a unique approach to to the musical um in a way that cinema just hadn't been able to capture for many 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 years up to that point like that i think chicago was kind of 
the return of the musical to uh, audiences and something that was received pretty well at the time that it came out. Cool. I'll definitely, I need to watch it. I know I need to watch it. Um, okay. So my, my top two are going to be ones that are, uh, I think pretty close to um, the Carraher clan's heart. <laughs> you know, I think that these are movies that we, we, love um and the number two pick is that thing you do from 1996 this is a like not i i mean i don't think very many people would consider this a great movie but uh i our family loves it and uh we i i felt like i grew up listening to the soundtrack of this movie so much so that like it felt like the wonders we're like a real band, you know what I mean? And I think that's a testament to um, the making of this movie is creating a, a band that in the music that felt like it was of that time. And I, I unfortunately don't have the name off the top of my head, but the, the composer who wrote the music for that thing you do, he, I believe he passed away last year. Uh, yeah. And so like, I remember when that when he passed away, that was something that you, we were talking about is just how much, you know, he is a credit to this movie because without even that main song, let's say you had all the other songs, which I think the other songs are good too. If you don't have that thing you do within the movie, it's not a, it doesn't work. I don't think um, in the same way. Um, I think that, I kind of wish that I got to see Tom Everett Scott who plays Guy Peterson and more things after this, but then he kind of disappeared and um, he's not been in much and maybe because he isn't ultimately a fantastic actor, but I thought he was charismatic in this movie and, and funny. And, um, and the only real actor to, to go on to do much else was uh, Steve Zahn. Yep. And he hasn't had a giant career, but he's still done some stuff. And obviously Tom Hanks made it and starred in it. And um, Liv Tyler has had some success, but I, it feels like to me, it's a movie that maybe, maybe a lot of people don't think about or remember very much. But to me, it's a really, I would, I, in terms of like a, if I had to make a list of like my most impactful movies, you know, growing up this would be on there i i considered that thing you do um and uh ultimately did not include it but yes it was a very impactful film growing up for us and um that probably goes into a, the category of movies that i have watched more than just about any other movie as well um the and for many of the same reasons that you mentioned there is why I, I love that film. Like it just, it, it captures, I don't, I, there's, there's just some charm to it. And like you root so hard for this band. And even though you've seen it over and over and over again, um, every single time there's still that, that kind of excitement of uh, this band making it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that was a great choice for, for your number two film. Uh, and it's kind of interesting that you picked that because mine is sort of similar, um, but in a completely different way. Um, 
and I'm bringing John Carney back in my number two movie is Sing Street, um, which came out in the year 2016. And I think the reason that I chose Sing Street over once is that John Carney, this was, I think, his third film, and he uh, kind of refined his craft as a filmmaker in the way in which he maybe uses some of that rawness in this film is done purposefully to really kind of show the amateurness of, of this, this band that is uh being put together in this film um but i i feel like this film hits all the right dramatic and comedic moments um in in the perfect way uh while also including a good representation of kind of that 80s music feel by writing completely original songs that are all very good like there there are a handful of songs in this film that are very very good and um and it, it's i i i think as a male with brothers the main kind of message behind all of it is this brotherly relationship and that resonated um with me and yeah, I absolutely loved this film and I probably loved it more than the average person but it was a pretty well-received film when it came out. Um, and, and, uh, I just don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, but yeah, loved Sing Street. This is my number one pick. Sing Street. So that's what I meant when I, I, I feel like this is one that is kind of close to our hearts just because it is kind of has an impact on us. And I think, uh, a lot, I agree with a lot of what you said in a big, two things you mentioned the brotherly aspect of it and i think you seeing it from the perspective of being an older brother and you relate to that character who is sort of kind of having to pave that path for your younger brothers to be able to kind of do whatever they want you kind of the the trial in some ways and getting through the stuff so that you can and i feel that sense at being a younger brother looking up to you guys so that was I, it was an emotional movie because of the, that reason for me. Um, the other aspect of the, the movie that is so, and this is also a thing that I loved about that thing you do, but I felt like I felt it even more with Sing Street was um, I was a, a kid who like was in bands and playing music as a kid. You know, when I was in middle school and high school, I was collaborating musically with friends. And I related to that aspect really well as, as well. And I, I kind of, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a mm, sort of innocence and f kind of boldness to being a kid who's like, I'm just gonna make music and maybe it will become huge someday, you know, and like that you, you feel like you're invincible in some ways. And I think that is so well captured within this movie. And like, I think, I think about in any creative uh, endeavor that a lot of people have when you're a kid, you are, are often, I think, less afraid to fail. And so you're willing to kind of 
do whatever you want, you know, and, and do whatever makes sense to you creatively, creatively. And so I, you see that in the way that the characters are creating the music videos for their, their band and the way they really play into that eighties aesthetic, like, Oh, we need to get dressed up and look this way. They have to look the part too. And suddenly they're going to school wearing different clothes and they kind of get people involved in the band that, really have no business being <laughs> like a, a part of the the band but it's like no we have to have them because that's what a real band is about and so it's kind of just figuring it out because you have this passion or drive to do something creatively and um i would imagine that, that like because john carney uh, all of his movies are about music that he he i think he has a brother too that um they were probably like this and this is feels to me probably autobiographical for him in some ways um and i don't know his story maybe it's not but he's irish and this is in ireland and um i think that that uh is is an interesting way to look at it as well and maybe that's why it is maybe a a better movie I would say than once or begin again, which are his two other music movies. Um, but I love this movie and um, it, it's one that I probably would consider a, a favorite. I don't know if it would be in my top 10 or what, where it would be, but it's just, it's hard. It's a hard movie not to like. I agree with that sentiment that in general, I think most people probably would enjoy it if you have some, interest in music um it's yeah it, it, it's just an easy easy movie to enjoy mm-hmm. um yes i'm glad that you picked, picked it as number one that's fun um okay so my number one movie is from 2007 it is sweeney todd the demon barber of fleet street and i feel like this is an example of a movie that well prior to seeing this i I had never really heard the music from this musical before. Um, It's not a musical that is done a ton. Um, Like you don't, it doesn't come around on for traveling shows. Not a lot of uh, community theaters are doing it. So you don't get an opportunity to see this musical very often. And so this was a brand new musical to me. And um, the music is fantastic in, in Sweeney Todd. Uh, and every character kind of is a bigger than life character and they are all kind of richly different from each other to the point where they each kind of have themes and, um, and like in the way that their music is. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like this is the marriage of, all the right people cast for this film and then Tim Burton's vision, um, which probably wouldn't work for almost any other Broadway type adaptation. Um, but it worked perfectly for this movie. Uh, like the idea that uh, you can make a movie that is rated R for gore. Um, that's a musical is absolutely was absolutely insane to me um and the way that they they portray all this is it's a beautifully made movie i think that from a craft standpoint it looks great um the aesthetic is great 
And yeah, I think each of the people cast from Johnny Depp uh, to Helena Bonham Carter to Alan Rickman um, to Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, they they all are perfectly cast in these roles. And um, it's just a, a really enjoyable experience. I, I, I love that you picked this movie. I, I thought about it. I think what maybe told, prevented me from picking it is I think I, I've seen a stage rendition of this where they play the instruments while they perform. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I've seen other versions of it online and maybe I just come to kind of appreciate how this came to fruition on stage maybe a little bit more and so that's kind of how I think about it now but the I, I like in terms of just it being a musical it's it's probably one of my favorite musicals Stephen Sondheim is uh just amazing he's a genius and uh what he's what he does musically is always interesting sometimes I think it grates on people which I can I can understand it's not always um you know it's not it's not Rodgers and Hammerstein um which is interesting if you ever learn about uh Stephen Sondheim his I, I believe I don't know which one it was but his his mentor was one of Rodgers or Hammerstein I can't remember who it was but he, like he taught him everything he knew and so uh, but then he becomes this totally different sounding musician um, and uh, composer. And, but whatever the case is, I think that the movie does do a good job of bringing that story and the music to life. And um, this is an example where you got a lot of big stars and it actually worked. Now, I think that there is some voice alteration that goes into this somewhat, but you know, I, I honestly don't care about that when it comes to the movie, because it's like what for me that that is, there's so much that's being altered already within a film to, to give the best performance. I mean, that I'm sure there is, I mean, think about how many takes are taken out of a film, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think once you question those things, it kind of, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but it definitely is a, in terms of musical movies from that I watched uh, since I got into movies, this is definitely one of them that I think is really important and impactful for me. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I think the idea of like the, they, they're obviously, they're not the best singers. They could have definitely cast other people. Um, but what is going on within these scenes is so interesting that uh, a lot of times you just are like, eh, whatever, uh, it, it's good enough and it's not distracting like it is in Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I had to get a shot in on Mamma Mia before I was done. You know, I, I've never seen all of Mamma Mia because I've started watching it and I had to turn it off because I, I, I thought it was so cringy. That's the exact same thing that happened to me. I never made it all the way through. It is so bad. If there is an example of a bad musical movie that people for some reason love, they love, it. They love, it. love Mamma Mia, but it, the, the performances are so bad when it comes to singing that I can't forgive it at all. And uh, yeah, I have no interest in ever revisiting that movie and I will never see any of the sequels because it was so bad. Um, Sorry to those of our listeners that now we've offended and no longer will listen to us. 
it's um, also a pretty dumb idea for a movie but <laughs> people love abba yeah um but i'm gonna take one more shot at another movie musical that uh, both of us i think uh didn't care for but um as a whole is really well respected is la la land Hmm. Um, and, uh, that was an example to me of, um, somebody who's a great filmmaker that, uh, does some very creative things with filmmaking, but should not have made a musical because the, uh, actors that they picked their singing wasn't good enough, uh, especially for music. That's not good. Um, like if you have songs that aren't very good and you have people that can't sing the songs, then it becomes a problem. Not to mention, I thought that the way that that film was mixed was not good. Um, that's always a concern of mine when it comes to musicals is whether or not the mixing is going to be right. And I was a little bit concerned with, uh, that within, in the Heights. And I think it ended up being okay. Um, that they, they mixed that movie pretty well. My, my biggest problem with La La Land is I didn't think it justified being a musical. Yeah. I felt like it was a, the music itself. I didn't, I thought some of the music was fine. I think that first song is the, has the biggest problem in terms of mixing, which is yep. the highway song. And I think it's because it's an ensemble piece and there's just so much going on. The mixing is not right on that. But other than that, I think the music is, is fine. The, the singing performances aren't are just okay. They're not terrible. They're just not great. But there's like five songs in that movie and it's marketed as a musical. And I'm like, I did not need this to be a musical. There's, there's, you know, like it, it, it and if it, if it was going to be a musical, they needed to add in like three or four more songs, I think, and play into that more. Um, it felt like it was just kind of going for the spectacle of it. And also to, to add on to that, I don't think that it was telling a, a super original story. And that's the problem. The, the, the reason why I still can say the movie's enjoyable or somewhat enjoyable is because it's got some great direction and, yeah. and, I will. I kind of still believe that um, that oh shoot, Damien Chazelle is one of the best directors right now. That is that is in of the recent years um, started directing, and I'm excited. I, I I mean not to change to change directions too much before we end here, but uh, he has a movie called Babylon. I think that's coming out next year, maybe. Yep. And I'm kind of concerned about the time timing of when it's coming out i think it's supposed to come out in january which is not typically supposed to be awards friendly but maybe it's going to get some releases here at the end of this year um and that will just be the wide release in january but yeah we'll that's see. typically what they would do for a movie like that i think i would be very very surprised if it's not a, an award player type movie what I don't, what I want to make sure that he doesn't do though is, it sounds like he's going back to that like old Hollywood type of story, and I don't, I don't want to see him retread something that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, and 
they, I mean, Hollywood loves stories about themselves, but I don't know how much <laughs> that is relatable to the majority of movie watchers. Yep. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, but yeah, the La La Land is an interesting uh, case because I think that it is an excellent filmmaker that uh, tried to make a musical and probably shouldn't. And um, it kind of, once again, it draws me back to In the Heights because when In the Heights was being talked about, I thought that Crazy Rich Asians was a pretty good movie, um, but I was worried about uh, John Chu being able to translate it to a be, become a musical director um mm-hmm. because it's not the same thing um and uh as we discussed and we we think that he did a fantastic job and probably will go down as one of the better uh directing um of, of this year i think that we probably won't see as influential of a director on a film um, yeah. there'll probably only be a handful of films this year that will ha- be as impactful in terms of direction as it was for that film i agree um all right so uh just to kind of close the show out i do want to remind folks that next week we are going to be continuing our uh wes anderson movie marathon um, with his second film, Rushmore. So we'll be doing that episode on, it will be released on June 20th. Um, so until then, I hope everyone has a great week and go see In the Heights. We want to make it a box office blockbuster. Yeah, we'll see you.